Welcome to a new episode of What You Don't Know. Our guest today is former Speaker of the House, Bill Bashelder, and we're going to discuss the early stages or how charter schools began in the state of Ohio and kind of lead up to where we are today. Mr. Speaker, um, let's talk about how this whole charter school movement began because, you know, when I went to school and graduated high school, there weren't charter schools. So what, what, led, what led the legislature to want to implement this type of schooling? Basically, there were several factors. Basically, those factors derived from problems in urban schools. Uh, they were not, uh, all urban schools were not bad, uh, and, and uh, what we wanted to do was to give children and their parents an alternative for the school that they wanted their children to go to. This was very important in Cleveland, for example, where there was a busing order from a federal judge which was riding these kids around literally for three and four hours a day. I'm talking now not about high school students. I'm talking about uh, grade school students. And the result of that obviously was not salutary. And in addition, we had a series of schools that had belonged to the Roman Catholic Church for many years. And those schools were in a position where the those who were dominating those schools, those who were running the schools, had agreed that maybe they should be diminishing the number of those schools that there were. They were not trying to get rid of their schools. That wasn't the point. Right. But they, they thought perhaps uh, some adjustment needed to be made. In addition to that, uh, our governor at that time, uh, George V. Voinovich, uh, was a proponent. I had been a proponent for many years, and the reason was very simple. We had to do more for these young people who did not have a school system and a home life that was really going to get them educated. They were not being educated. And it's ironic, I had a young person come to see me here very recently, and I asked him where he was in school. He said, I'd like to thank you for what you did. And I said, well, where are you in school? Well, it developed he was in a very first-rate college. He wasn't even in school anymore. His parents had encouraged him to do this because of the geographic location, which I won't get into. But he was doing a very good job. He was in the top 10% of his class. Now, that was a, an opportunity for some young person to utilize the voucher system in order to have a better education than they otherwise would have had in an urban setting of a school system that would not have been as good. I don't want to sound like I'm upset with uh, public schools because we passed a lot of legislation that helped them do a better job. And I'm very proud of uh, what some of those schools have done. And consequently, I wouldn't want to be misunderstood about uh, that all of those schools are bad. Quite the contrary, some of them are doing a very good job. However, in the early days as this movement went forward, and I was the proponent, I, I put the bill in, as we used to say in the House, uh, when I, as a proponent, I think it was very important that we give those young people and their parents. This was a, uh, parents and, and the children both had to show up uh, when we first started this, and it was, uh, it was something that benefited the children dramatically. Well, and, and you talked about earlier that 
busing played a big role oh. going on in our urban areas when when you considered this bill originally. Yes. Um, essentially, what this bill did, especially in the urban areas, was brought back neighborhood schools <laughs> it did. and parent control of a neighborhood school, which the, the whole concept of neighborhood schools yes. and communities being yes. involved, we've lost over time. And oh. and I'm sure this bill was intended to, to bring that back. You know, we had to bring that back because, very frankly, uh, there was a, just a gap between parental supervision and the uh, school system. There was also, uh, as you've indicated, the, the neighbors looked out for kids. Absolutely. And uh, it was, we had a school system in the city of Cleveland that was uh, very, very significantly a minority school system. And uh, obviously the parents were unhappy and the grandparents were unhappy because these schools were not directed at those individual students in a constructive way. And uh, the upshot was, when you went back and looked at some of the contracts that some of the unions had in the schools, it was sad hmm. because there were a lot of teachers that wanted to do the right thing, but they sure couldn't do it under that contract. And you didn't step out of line either. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Also, we were, we were well aware that those young people were probably going to have difficulty in getting any kind of a job coming out of the school, definitely have a problem going to uh, uh, an advanced class of any kind. And so we wanted to make sure that they had that chance coming out of a public school. One thing that I didn't hear you say, we're, we are criticized quite often, and I think you've been criticized, um, <clears throat> lack of accountability. Yeah, yeah. We start these charter schools. They don't have any rules. Um, <laughs> I would think over the past eight years before you left the House, uh, was there ever a discussion about increased accountability or accountability or lack of accountability. I mean, it seems no. to me like during my time, we've had a number of laws added that have added right. accountability, and I think that was while you were Speaker of the House. Yeah, <laughs> I did have something to do with that. I was going to say. And, and I, think, I think it was crucial because, we, again, these are young people that need help. And so let's make sure that that help is in place through the school system if it's a public school system, that's what they're interested in. Or if it's because of the parents' interest in the school, uh, it, it's just very important that we have proper kinds of uh, rules and regulations uh, for the schools themselves. Uh, we have seen across the country uh, a development of those kinds of rules and regulations, and that's a good thing. What we have heard a bunch of complaints about are largely driven by people who don't place a high value on uh, what the schools might do individually. But more importantly, it was the ability of parents to come to a judgment about their school. But I would think it would be disconcerting to you with all the time that you put in in this state uh, as a member of the legislature um, to think that an agency of the state could promulgate rules, not take them through Chapter 119, which right. you introduced yes. as a process, yes. and then use that same rule that wasn't voted on by the legislature, wasn't even voted on by the department, to then enforce the what they call clawback of money 
from schools. I, I would think that would be disconcerting <laughs> to you at the very least. That's a very polite word. Uh, <laughs> it's the kind of thing where you say to yourself, why? In the, I, I knew some of the old school superintendents, Martin Essex and, and, and others who were here for 30 years. Right. They wouldn't have dreamed of that. They would have gone first to the governor so that his people could look at it. They would have gone then to the people on the education committee, and it would have been a process. It wouldn't have been having some small group of people uh, doing what would not really meet any of the tests that we had set up. And uh, those tests aren't just set up for the Department of Education either. They're set up for all kinds of agencies. Those kinds of things are already in, they're in the law, and they ought to be obeyed, and that's not going on here. Well, and, and just a side note for me, you know, I, I find it difficult. Uh, a state agency that governs, whether it would be uh, Ohio Department of Job and Family Services, whatever department, I would think that state agency would be charged with helping yes. people to comply with the rules. Yes. Uh, and I assure you that hasn't happened in this case. There, we, no. we haven't had any cooperation, uh, which I think— That's sad. You know, after, after your time, most of the problems that we end up— oh. probably ended up on your desk was because people lack of communication to begin with. So it, it appears to me that we have an attack— on school choice going on in the state. It's, it's mask and uh, accountability. We yeah. need accountability. Yeah. We need, but really it's an attack on school choice. Yeah. And people are now telling parents once again where they should send their kids to school and where they shouldn't. Yeah. Um, how do we, how do we re-educate the people <laughs> that weren't around 20 years ago? <laughs> I think maybe that's what, what's going on downtown right yes. now yes. is we're constantly tweaking things that if people had a history, you know, you, I could be uh, on the education committee. I could bring something to you and think I've got the new greatest idea. And you may look at me and say, you know, we did that 20 years ago, son. Let's, <laughs> let's go in a different direction here. Exactly. We tried that. Exactly. So I think we've lost that. And mm-hmm. I certainly want to thank you for all that you've done. I, I think we ought to put together a survey and take it uh, downtown and put some true and false questions or something yeah. on it. Because I seriously doubt that people know that a lot of this movement began out of the Cleveland busing issue oh, yeah. and school choice in that way because they don't think of it that way anymore. No, no they don't. It, and uh, very frankly, it's of interest to me that this is going on right here in Columbus where there was a scandal of unbelievable proportions. I always... This city has been uh, well run over the years, and uh, but we had a situation where people were actually taking money out of the schools, right. and and uh, obviously they ought to be prosecuted and sent to the pen, the way they've done in uh, Detroit and other places. But for that to happen in Columbus uh, was just you know you had your own newspaper here for hundred years, and it, it just it, it's really. A, a point of great concern to me that we have this thing getting away from the public. And so nobody has to go to a charter school or voucher school. That's correct. They are absolutely free to do so or not to do so. And that's one of the great things for families in that area is to have the right to do it or not to do it. 
so Speaker Bashelder, it's you know twenty years since you've introduced this legislation, and and we've had charter schools. Um, Many times we're told that this has been a failed experiment with charters. How, how do you see it? Uh, uh, successes for, you know, has it done what you planned on it doing? Have, have there been successes or is it a failed experiment? I don't think there's any question that there have been successes. Many of those have occurred in a team effort by families to go and look at a school, to find out about a school, to learn what the potential is. I think also that we've had some assistance for public schools out of the experience that we have had with the uh, private uh, alternative. You say, well, how could that be? Why, how would you improve? Well, one of the ways you obviously would improve would be to have more parental and child involvement in the way the schools run. And I've certainly seen that in a number, uh, particularly of urban schools, but you know, really, when you think about it, the result for young people has been uh, a demonstration for a lot of schools. I'm kind of a, amused today, just ironically, we're going to have a uh, tribute to Governor Voinovich, who signed my bill as it went to the Supreme Court of the United States and was upheld by the Supreme Court of the United States for crying out loud. So, so 20 years later, when they're still complaining about it, you've yeah. had the test. We've had the <laughs> test. It, we certainly have. And George was, was right there with it because he represented the city of Cleveland. Well, thank you, Mr. Speaker. I really appreciate you being here with us today. Thank you. Make sure to check out this episode and past episodes by searching us on Facebook or on iTunes. Just search ECOT or What You Don't Know. Thanks, everybody. Until next time.